0: Hi! Hello and welcome to Murder, She Read, the true crime podcast where we read books, give each other dirty looks, and drink copious amounts of wine.
1: We're here this week with Lady Killers, part Two,
0: Second edition.
1: What are we going over this week? This week we have a sorceress
0: and another poison. How exciting. How many poisoners are there in the book? A thousand. There's many, many women poisoners, and I'm excited to talk about every single one of them.
1: I cannot wait. (laughs) We're going to get really bored of arsenic, which is not something that you should really get bored of. I have some fun facts about arsenic,
0: which is a term that's now in my Google search box.
1: Great. Let's save them for now. Yeah, it's for the end. Put a pin in it? Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Um, So why don't we start with the non-poisoner, with the sorceress of Kilkenny. Kick us up. All right. Her name is Alice Keitler mm-hmm. that sounds right to me. Um, she's Irish. those are my people. I should know better, but I don't. <laughs> uh, um, Anne was Alice, excuse me was born to wealthy Flemish merchants in the year 1280. Uh, she married her first husband, William Allaw. The two had a son together, William Jr., and ultimately William Sr. dies 20 years after they are wed. After William Sr.'s death, his son took over his banking business, and Alice and Jr. were rich and influential.
1: How nice for them in the early 1300s. Yeah,
0: they had a lot of cash in those days. Um, so husband number two crops up pretty soon after William is put in the ground. Alice meets Adam LeBlanc. Amanda hates a LeBlonde man.
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> it's the facial hair. It's inappropriate.
0: Well, this one is a pretty good prize because he's from a very powerful land-owning family. I could look over it I think, that. I think you could overlook some weird whiskers. Um, but by all accounts, all is well with the new family. Adam even loaned William Jr. 3,000 pounds in 1300s money. Would you like to know what that translates to? Oh, do you have the actual number? Yeah,
1: I went from... I'm going to go $24 million. Calm down. It's it's (laughs) 4.6. Whatever.
0: Uh, That's U.S. dollars today, if my math is right, which it never is, so maybe you're closer than I am. Um, But William Jr. goes ahead, and he buries that cash in the ground, which is where you always keep all of your fine possessions, particularly money. So the general climate of this town that they live in, that people are really jealous of um, the couple's power and their riches. So overnight they dig up William Jr.'s loan, um, which is weird. He's clearly been, like, bragging about burying $3 million in the ground, which is just fucking stupid. Wait, did he make a map and, like, draw <laughs> out the location? I think so. He was like, you guys, X marks the spot. Great. Um so they dig it up and they claim it has found ownerless treasure and seize it for the king, just sort of out of spite. And people have been talking about Alice for a while at this point, and they were resentful of her for both profiting from the death of her first husband and her marriage to her second, Richie Rich, Adam LeBlond husband, um, and they were out to get her. So there's already this climate surrounding her that people are just envious of her. So something to keep in mind as okay. we progress. So, shortly after the incident with the buried cash, um, both Alice and Adam were tossed in jail for homicide, which was pretty random, as there was no evidence nor a crime or any real idea of one. Everyone was just being really vengeful.
1: I mean, it's the 1300s. You can say whatever you want.
0: It's true. But they were released pretty shortly thereafter. However, Adam LeBlanc changes his will, citing William Jr. as his sole heir, uh, eliminating his debts, including those $3 million he put in the ground. Um... And this was pretty suspicious, as LeBlond had his own biological children, whom he was just like, "Bah!"
1: Oh, he just said, fuck them, I'm taking the stepchild?
0: Yep, the one who yeah. buries cash on the ground. Why not? Um, and then guess what happened to him, Amanda, to Adam LeBlanc.
1: I'm gonna guess that he dies. You know, he
0: does. Um, by 1309, Alice will marry for the third time, this time to the wealthy knight Richard Deval. Uh And she's scooting up the social ladder at this point with each union, so like... Marrying a knight is much better than just a rich landowner, right? I guess. Sure. He has a title. I don't have one other than unfortunate. But um, he, again, has biological children, but he decides that William Jr. is his favorite. Um, Hey,
1: what the fuck is William Jr. doing to be everyone's goddamn favorite? Well,
0: he's clearly an idiot, so I really do not know. (laughs) Interesting. The knight gives his money and various business responsibilities over to young William. Shockingly, however, DeVal kicks it, Um, and Alice inherits big, and however, one of uh, Alice DeVal's biological kids is not having it, Um, and he tries to keep his father's estate, basically, from Alice, but she's not having it, she takes that sucker to court, sues him for his father's estate, and she wins, which is a pretty big get for a woman in the year 1300 I didn't
1: know women could win anything
0: in the year 1300 I couldn't you know you could walk into a court outside of the kitchen (laughs) Uh, but people again are gossiping and gossiping and it's very clear that Alice is profiting from the death profiting from the deaths of her husbands and people are less than pleased about her Uh, meteorite can you kill me I could. Do you have I, some arsenic?
1: I <laughs> would it make the podcast difficult? Then I'd have to read the book and do the work <laughs> research, and really it's a lot.
0: Um, people are pissed about her meteoric, there it is, uh, climb to wealth. However, Alice scoops up a fourth husband. This time we've got Sir and John Lapore and don't worry, he was not poor at all. Um, his health begins to fail during their marriage. His hair is falling out. His fingernails and toes are literally disintegrating. Ex- what? Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and everyone decided this illness, which was probably arsenic poisoning, uh, since Amanda and I are experts on the subject now, was actually witchcraft.
1: Oh. Mm hmm. Okay.
0: Um, John was not suspicious of Alice, um, as he, like the three men before him, changed his will to benefit. William? Fucking William Jr. Why the fuck not? Everyone's favorite stepchild. Um, And he again ignored his own biological children who were understandably pissed. Um, So his kids trot over to the local bishop.
1: Okay. Yeah, you want to come in for this? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's the year 1324. The Bishop of Ossery has declared that his diocese was a hotbed of devil worship. The central (laughs) figure in this is obviously Alice. Um, As Victoria stated, while Alice is a wealthy woman, she is stood accused of witchcraft by her stepchildren. It was the first trial to accuse a woman of having acquired acquired the power of sorcery through sexual intercourse with a demon. Yeah, I I found out the demon's name. Do you have that? No, I... We can get to it. Okay. Um, so her stepchildren are skeptical of her wealth. Um, she comes after them for withholding her widow's dower, and they went to the ecclesiastical authorities. So seven charges were brought up against Alice and her associates. Oh, you have a lot more information about this. Give me more. Hi, they're fun. Okay, number one, denying Christ and the church. Number two, cutting up live animals and leaving them at crossroads as an offering to a demon called the Son of Art. Oh, Number three, stealing the keys to the church. Well, you shouldn't have left them out anyway. Lesser. Uh, Number four, this is graphic. Number four is putting chicken organs and intestines, the nails of dead bodies, worms, hairs from the buttocks, and clothes (laughs) from boys who had died before being baptized, into the skull of a robber, making a brew, and then from that brew, deriving potions that would... Make people hate and kill Christians.
0: Why do they have to be butt hairs?
1: <laughs> they just have to be butt hairs, Victoria. <laughs> okay. Don't question the sorcery. That's really fucking specific. It's really weird. And boys' clothing? Where's she getting that shit? Well, they're unbaptized babies. Does she kill them first? Who knows? Oh. Okay, um, okay number five. Alice herself had a certain demon as an incubus. Not the band. The male demon <laughs> that's believed to has have sex with sleeping women, which really changes my opinion of the band, I think. Yeah, not great. Um do some research. This incubus appeared to her as either a cat, a shaggy black dog, or possibly a black man. These are all wildly different creatures, <laughs> I would like to point out. Um number six, Alice had used sorcery to murder her husband of and to infatuate others. And then number seven was that she had um poison her current husband. Okay. So those are the seven charges. I have a quick question. Yeah.
0: Is the demon, the incubus demon, the same one that she was having the sexual relationship with of her own volition or this was a separate demon
1: sex? I think that's the one in the same.
0: Oh uh his name's Robin. Oh his name is Robin.
1: Yeah. Great. You're Robin the demon. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, this becomes a huge fucking thing about the ecclesiastical authorities versus the secular authorities. Both of them thought that they were of the highest importance. Okay. Do you want to take this back over?
0: I can take us back through the timeline. Sure. So, we. So, Alice has these charges brought up against her, which Amanda detailed in excellent numerical fashion for us. Got a list. <laughs> so, these serious witchcraft charges are leveled. Um, And I, again, say, I I noted the skull as a soup bowl thing, but, like, I didn't have all of that fun information about what was actually, like, in the soup skull. Don't worry, I got it. Yeah, thank you. Um, And then, again, fucking the demon named Robin. um, And we've all been there, it's whatever. Um, But the bishop is acting full bananas and attempting to arrest Alice before she was actually charged of any crime.
1: Right. It's, like, church versus state, but, like, old school style Doing this research, I was having a ton of flashbacks to my, like, early Christianity course in religious studies, and I didn't do well in that. So I did just skip large portions (laughs) because it was too much.
0: Well, no one wants the research portion of that particular thing. And so in addition to the fact that she, the bishop, is acting a little hastily, um, she's also really rich and well-connected. So she gets the fuck out of town. She takes an extended vacation to Dublin where the bishop can't reach her. And the bishop is acting so erratically that he ends up being tossed in jail basically for annoying
1: everyone. Right. Um, So while in jail, the bishop places his diocese under an indict. So no baptisms, marriages, or burials could take place. And this is a time when hell is, like, a very literal and fearful thing. Yeah, so these
0: are, like, so Irish Catholics.
1: Yes. <laughs> everyone is fucking terrified. Yeah. Um, and in the most dramatic move I've ever heard of, the bishop demands that the host be brought to him. So this is, like, the communal bread for the Eucharist. Okay. He demands it get brought to jail so that, in theory, the body of Christ is also imprisoned along with Shut him. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he is a fucking dramatic piece of shit. I have, like, three more things but you can continue Ugh, that's what a little that petty
0: one. petty bishop so in addition to <laughs> that um what i enjoyed was that while he's in jail um and everyone hates him the entire community is invited to come forward and basically roast him and air all of their grievances with him that sounds like a fun time it, well yeah for everybody else he's probably just in there with jesus <laughs> weeping i love that um so that was my favorite fun tidbit um but as Amanda mentioned, he had passed this decree, and it's illegal. And the king is suddenly involved, and he is pissed. And the bishop is now the one on trial. So ultimately, the bishop is returned to his state of affairs. He finally gets the go-ahead to try Alice for witchcraft, but it's too late. She went to England.
1: Do you want to know what happens when they eventually go to release him? Yes, of course. Well, he refuses to fucking move. <laughs> he, will not, he will not leave jail. Until he is able to walk out in his full regalia, accompanied by, like, a procession of his clergy. Stop it. He needs a full parade, and he needs his costume. Or he's not getting out of jail.
0: This is bad. Do they have the hats? I know it's not, like, a papal hat, but...
1: But it's, like, the 1300s. I'm imagining it's, like, a big purple ensemble, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very ornate. He loves a pomp and a circ. Yes, he does. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. But I just love that he's this point trying to pretend like he wasn't just in jail because he tried to burn a woman that without trying her and then annoyed everybody <laughs> he needs a scene
0: he's very very important amanda um so alice is in england he doesn't get to try her but unfortunately in her wake she'll leave seven other women who were accused of witchcraft okay. including her maid who after extreme torture confessed to brokering alice had relationship with that demon robin um and also noted that she liked to scoot around on a broom
1: oh that wasn't in my research she did admit to doing six that her and alice committed six of the seven offenses the
0: butt hair was too much
1: i don't know which one she left out i assume i don't think they admitted to killing the last husband that might have been the one
0: okay um so the maid petronilla of meath was burned alive on november 3rd 1324 Um, And Alice lived out her life in sort of selected exile in England. She couldn't come back to Ireland.
1: Yeah, there's no record of her after this.
0: Um, But old William Jr. stays back in Ireland. And he eventually managed to appease that insane bishop by paying for a new slate roof for the church. Um, And the bishop continued to annoy the shit out of the community with his holier-than-thou antics and was eventually excommunicated by the king.
1: Good, he fucking deserved it. Yeah, he was out of there. So uh, Petronella is the first person in Ireland or Great Britain in general to be burned at the stake for these crimes. Right. Which I thought was really interesting.
0: Yeah, and um, if you visit Kilkenny today, there's a statue of Alice in full witch attire with her broomstick holding a toad. Um at an inn you can go check it out
1: i do not remember anything about a toad they just threw that in there yeah just Same. well um on a lighter note feminist artist judy chicago set a place for petronilla at her the dinner party which is an installation piece that has been on permanent exhibition at the elizabeth a sackler center for feminist art and the brooklyn museum since 2007 so there are 39 elaborate place settings arranged along a triangular table for 39 mythical and historical women. It's widely regarded as the first epic feminist artwork. Oh, cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. It's a little problematic in itself. You can look more into that on your own. Yes. But the fact that Petronilla is there, I think, is really neat.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And that she's not carrying a fucking broom.
1: No, she has no broom there.
0: Um, well, what I will say about Alice is that, like, she probably poisoned all those men.
1: I mean, it's likely. You can't prove it. But you
0: also got bad health of the 1300s.
1: So, wasn't your life expectancy to like 28? Probably like, like 12. Calm on. down. Yeah.
0: There's no penicillin. Nothing's going well for you. Um, So there's no evidence that she did or didn't, but it's generally believed that she was perhaps a little loose in her shaking of arsenic into or whatever 1300s arsenic was. I was like, did
1: they have arsenic
0: in the 1300s? I'm sure you could find a poison root.
1: I'm sure there was a ton of poison.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) All of their medicine was basically poison. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
0: Um, So that's what we've got for Alice. Yeah. That's all I've got. All right. Cool. That's a fun time. Yeah. Any uh, witchcraft. Good to go. So we're going to move into our second case Mm -hmm. of Nanny Das, Amanda's favorite case for the Eve.
1: It is my preferred case for the evening. I think what we're learning here is that I just love a more timely one.
0: You do, and I like a throwback. I'm not
1: into it. I need more information.
0: Okay, that's fair, and and we're going to get it. I Great. Um, Okay, so Nanny Doss, as she is colloquially known, was born Nancy Hazel in 1906 to a farming family in Calhoun County, Alabama.
1: Can I first give all of the nicknames for her that I found? Lay it down. Okay, because all of them made me very happy. So she is known as the Giggling Granny. Yes. The Lonely Hearts Killer, <laughs> which is basically like the OG Craigslist murderer, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. The Black Widow, Lady Bluebeard, and Oklahoma's Jolly Widow. Oh, how nice. Nice. That's all. It all right. Just for you. Okay.
0: <laughs> so when uh, Oklahoma's Jolly Widow was seven, she suffered a head injury during a train accident, split that noggin wide open, um, and she would be plagued with headaches for the rest of her life and the feeling that she was thinking crooked.
1: Right. Um, I'm going to take it back just for a second before that. So I did a lot of back and forth, as I always do, but one of my sources of information is as another writer referred to them as an armchair genealogist. Oh, hello. A descendant, cousin, far removed, called Sherby Green. Yeah, I know, I laugh too. (laughs) Um, He's the descendant of nannies. So they did a lot of pretty thorough research, mild conjecturing. Um, But one of the things is... So, Nanny was born in 1905, as you said, to James and Lou. However, census records show Lou living alone with a daughter. So, from where and when exactly uh, James showed up is really hard to say. Oh. It might not even be her dad. Her dad. Interesting. But he is a, like, fiercely insane tyrant. Yes. On
0: the home. Yeah, at the farm, yeah.
1: Yeah, the kids, they're not educated. They're allowed to go to school every couple weeks. Yeah, I have that she dropped out at 15... Yeah, but even before that, so the mile, it was a two-mile walk there, a two-mile walk back, but he, these children were seen first and foremost as farmhands. Okay. They were not allowed to leave the house unless it was to, like, go to the store to get more pay or whatever the fuck happens to a <laughs> farm. I have no idea. Um, but her and her siblings were basically kept under lock and key for the entirety of their lives.
0: Well, that sounds terrible. It's not great. And she had that head injury.
1: Um, yeah, and then at seven, she was getting to leave the farm for the first time. At seven? At seven. Oh. They were going to visit family in um, Lower State, Alabama, and, yeah, when the train came to a sudden stop, she slammed right into the steel frame of the seat in front of her. Because what is safety in 1912?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't need a seatbelt ever. No. Um, Okay, so also during her 15th year when she dropped out of school, uh, she'd marry for the first time to a man named Charlie Braggs.
1: Wait, sorry. We're going to have to go back for the... We can cut whatever you just said. I'm sorry. I forgot I had this lovely quote. Okay. Okay. Sherby, you know. Yeah, the genealogist. She, he. I think it's a he.
0: Oh. I it, made some bold gender-claiming name moves there.
1: So did I, but it's not Shelby. It's Sherby. Okay. Um, anyways, he does not think that this attributed to her future behavior at all. Is he also a doctor? He is a self-proclaimed doctor now, which to that I say, stay in your fucking lane. That's my role.
0: Yeah, you're busy taking everybody's (laughs) (laughs) professions.
1: So anyway, Sherby says, I'm addicted to genealogy and studying my family. I have learned that many of our members carried a fierce pride and a tough, tough, tough reputation. While they didn't take lives, they were nonetheless hard people. I believe Nanny bore that trait, but simply took her bad humor dangerously further. All right, we're going to learn that everything that she did... Does not really qualify as bad humor.
0: No, she's laughing all the way to the moratorium.
1: (laughs) But is it funny? She's not doing it for giggles.
0: No, but she's laughing.
1: She is laughing. Anyways, bold statement, Sherby. Bold fucking statement.
0: Well, I'm happy you found that. You can have that back Thank you. Um, Okay, so as we said, she drops out of school at 15, and she also gets married for the first time at 15. It is wedding bells for a young couple. She marries Charlie Bragg.
1: Basically at the request of her father. So Nanny and her sisters are not allowed to attend local functions. Their fathers are very strict with their appearances. He's very concerned that makeup and form-fitting dresses are going to lead them to be molested by older men. That may or may not have happened anyways. I found some, like, light hinting at it. But Nanny was in love with the idea of love from a young age. She'd often sneak out to read romance, not all novels, or would scour the Lonely Hearts section of the newspaper.
0: She did love that Lonely heart she, section from an early age. A very
1: early age. So she meets Charlie at the Linen Thread Company, where they're both employed. He was enamored with Nanny, and James approved wildly. Perhaps because of the young boy's obsession with his own mother, more on that later. No. But within four months of dating, they were married and it was whether or not Nanny wanted to. Okay. It was not up to her. Um, I'm sure she did it in order to get away from James.
0: Yeah, Anyways. who wouldn't?
1: <laughs> Fuck it.
0: Um, I will say what I read of their union was that she often would take off and go away for a week. Um, And Charlie was not in love with that, but they had five children together. Um, although three of them would die early.
1: Yeah. So like I said, she wanted to get rid of James, but unfortunately in the process, she does gain that equally controlling mother-in-law. If Nanny wanted to go out to dinner or to a show and Mrs. Braggs did not, Mrs. Braggs would mysteriously come down with a dizzy spell or a stomach cramp and Charlie would be like, oh, Mother! we have to stay home yeah. with mom. Yeah. Honestly, I'd poison him too, but she does not just yet. So yeah, they got four daughters within a four-year period. The stress of these things caused her to start drinking heavily. And smoking an insane amount of cigarettes as Like a full sad.
0: jack-o'-lantern mouth? I <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just wide giggle. Yeah. Full. <laughs> mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, as Victoria said, she did find time to frequent the local gin mills. She would disappear for weeks at a time, but don't fret. Braggs was doing the exact fucking same. Yeah, not a prize. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in early 1927, the middle daughters both died suspiciously by food poisoning, there's no proof but it's very likely nanny killed them both yes, correct apparently Braggs took this seriously because he takes his eldest child and leaves just the eldest uh yes that's his favorite well
0: he, he sends the other one to live with her grandparents I have no record of five children just four
1: I have five okay um, so but he leaves behind the newborn she's not gotten a chance to prove her worth I guess. <laughs> I'll
0: take the one with the fully formed head
1: please. Thank you. I like this one more. That one doesn't know how to walk.
0: (laughs) This one can talk only when I ask her to. Yeah. Um, Okay so um, Nanny's parents divorced um, stoking Nanny's hatred for her father. Really? Yes. um, That had existed as Amanda said for most of her life. And she actually banned him from seeing his grandchildren. She was not having him around. Oh. And the divorce only increased Nanny's adoration and devotion to her mother um but however nanny and her husband as amanda just said charlie would divorce and charlie would take their oldest daughter and
1: send the other to live with the grandparents charlie shows back up a year after he leaves with uh, the oldest daughter and he has a woman in tow <laughs> he's got a girlfriend okay and <laughs> nanny's like what the fuck <laughs> where'd you get this so yeah that's how their divorce happens she returns to her parents house and gets a job at a cotton mill
0: okay um nanny starts as a lover of love
1: she her dreams are coming true she now gets to troll those lonely heart callers. she sure does
0: she starts to hunt for her next beloved partner and she's successful she marries an older man named frank harrelson from jackson alabama Mm -hmm. uh they were together for 15 years but nanny claimed he was a mean abusive drunk
1: do you know what her so she sends a she sends a lot of letters out the first go around at
0: and the lonely Hearts? only
1: frank responds oh so her response to frank she sends him a cake a picture of herself. She'd love to send that fucking cake. And a dirty fucking letter. Oh! <laughs> do you have any answers? I don't. I wish Shemina. I did. That's I my girl. <laughs> they married in 1929. Nanny was fucking smitten. Frank was handsome and attractive. But as the months were on, Nanny realized that sweet Frank was a raging alcoholic. Okay. He had spent time in jail for felony assault as well. So oh, he starts getting thrown in jail constantly for like drunken, disorderly, okay. up, dr- out and about. Nanny is pissed.
0: Pissed enough to put some arsenic in his whiskey. Not yet.
1: Some things happen before that. Lay them on me. So in the meantime, her children are grown and married. The eldest daughter, Melvina, had a son named Robert in 1943, and in 1945, she is in labor again. It's a rough labor. The second time around, Melvina requests that Nanny be at her side. Nanny came and never left, despite how long the labor lasted. Eventually, a granddaughter was born. Within an hour, that child was dead. Oh. Coming out of an ether haze, Melvina can't be sure of what she sees, but she's convinced she watches Nanny puncture the newborn skull with a hatpin. What? Nanny laughs it off as a dream. And doctors. Can, oh! But the doctor's I like, can't explain how the child dies.
0: I did not read that.
1: Yeah. But don't worry. Nanny is still trusted to babysit young Robert. Of course. Six months later, he is also dead. Shut the fuck up. This, this death is diagnosed as asphyxia with unknown causes. It was your grandmother. I can tell you what causes asphyxia. Yeah. It's Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. She plays the role of the grieving grandmother quite convincingly. But a few months later, happily collects a check for $500 on a life insurance policy she had taken out on Robert. Yeah!
0: You, could, you could take out a life insurance policy on a grandkid.
1: You apparently can. Or
0: could, perhaps.
1: Right. So, 1945, after a debaucherous night of celebrating the return of friends home from war, Frank rapes Nanny, and she's like, final fucking straw. Okay, I've so killed that- most of my grandchildren. You're next. I've had my practice. <laughs> You're nothing. She's worked in her craft. <laughs> She's worked in her craft. Rick's gotta go. Um, she finds a bottle of liquor, a bottle of his liquor, and tops it with rat poisoning. All right. The next night, he's dead at 38. Oops. Yeah.
0: Um, Alright, well then, I have got. she's unencumbered yet again, and she's going to go on to marry Harley Lanning of Lexington, North Carolina.
1: That is right. She's free to go. About a year of her life is missing in this time. No one knows what she was doing. Maybe got just harassing and murdering. Um, Two days after they meet, they're married. Oh, bold. Yeah, things about the same as her first marriage. Both were drunks who cheated frequently. Both would disappear from the home for weeks, sometimes months, but when both home... The, however rare that was, Annie, Annie, Nanny, acted as the perfect wife. Okay. Just for the neighbors. Okay. Well, it's the 50s. Made a lot of pies? You got it. Most of them poison, I imagine. Like 90-10. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so I have that she ultimately had had it with Harley in 52, poisoned a plate of food, which I imagine would be like, what do you think, like a pork chop, some mashed
1: potatoes. I heard it was a cup of coffee.
0: I have thought it was food. The next one
1: is coffee. Might have been coffee. Yeah. That sounds right. Eight weeks after his death, the house that they shared burns to the ground. Luckily for Nanny, had it not burned, the house was going to go to his sister. Oh. Per his will. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. By another stroke of luck, Nanny had just stepped out with her prized possession. Her TV. How could she just love a fucking television? <laughs> she tells investigators she left the house with the TV to get it repaired. Oh. But since, uh, see, Amy was not all that literate, so what she loved more was a romance on a TV. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it was her best friend. Fondest companion. The insurance company issues a check to Arlie, which was cashed by Nanny. And from there, she went to stay with her sister, Dovey, who also mysteriously dies a few days later.
0: Oh, I wonder what they had a tiff about.
1: Who knows? Do you have anything between this and her joining the Diamond Circle Club? Nope, that's
0: exactly what I got next. Great. Okay, so tired of her poor luck with men, uh, Nanny signs up for a mail order husband program. It doesn't
1: sound like she's tired. It sounds like she's continuing. Well, she won surprise. Wait, this is a correspondence association for people looking for life partners. Yes. And it was like, oh, fuck, yeah. it that- me. <laughs> That's my jam. <channel, laughs>
0: yeah. uh. um, and so every month you get a list of these single men who are lonely and looking. Ooh. Um, along with their addresses. So you can just, like, write up a fucking storm of dirty letters. You could go to their house. And get after it. You can definitely go to their it house.
1: It's a Tinder? Yeah, but, like, the swiping Less is a controls. lot of calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Yeah. um, So she strikes up a correspondence with a Kansan man named Richard Morton, and the two take their names right off that mail-order lover Rolodex Rolodex, in 53. Richard worked nights at a pool hall, and by day liked to put on his finest clothing and walk to town um, on mysterious business, and she was so mad.
1: I have a lovely quote about Nanny at this point in her life. While her girth had widened and her temples had grayed, Nanny still carried a girlish giggle and knew how to entice. Oh. Rude, guys. do <laughs> rude.
0: It's those fucking pies, cakes, she sent in. Yeah. Um, so she's not happy with her union with Richard
1: Morton. Yeah, she had not found the prize that she thought. No,
0: and she suspected him of infidelity. She was right. She was. Um, and after a trip to North Carolina that she took she fucking had it she came home she stirred rat poison right into his coffee and that was that for him
1: oh wait i've got a little bit more information about this union okay so turns out that the man who had brought her had bought her everything from jewels to knickknacks was in debt to everyone that he knew and as victoria said had a bounty of young mistresses by christmas which is too much after two months after they wed nanny was back to answering love ads the girl knew how to get fucking even. So oh. she's not going behind his back. Okay. For some reason or another, around this time, it's like January 1953, her parents, or maybe just her mother, move in with the couple. Oh, interesting. And her mother falls ill with stomach pains and dies like within days.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, I had read, um, and we'll talk about this later, I guess, that when push finally came to shove and charges were pressed against her, that she. Vehemently denied poisoning her mom, but it sounds like she did.
1: Yeah, because so her mom dies three months later. Frank is now dead of the exact same symptoms. Right. Right. Next okay. comes Sam. Sam
0: Dallas, a highway worker and part-time Baptist minister. Yeah, he
1: loves Jesus. He never smoked or drank. Uh-uh. He didn't gamble, curse, or fuck around with young women.
0: And he would not let her have a TV. Well, set. he was
1: a goddamn bore. Yeah. She found uh, Sam the same way she found all of her husbands. He proposed in 1953, and Nanny, I imagine, was excited to have a husband that didn't fuck everything in his path. Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Um, But again, he didn't let her have a TV set. He wouldn't let her dance.
1: Yeah, she was the problem in this one. He thought comedies and love stories were evil. Bedtime was at 9.30. Everything (laughs) down to their sex life was dictated by a very strict schedule. Don't you love that scheduled out?
0: Yeah, that's nice. Penciled in
1: on your calendar. Rightfully so, Nanny has a hard time with this, and she flees to Alabama. Well,
0: yeah, I will also note that he moved her to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I worked last summer. Um, And I can tell you definitively that everything is not okay in okay, is what it was.
1: (laughs) Everything Um, is not okay.
0: In okay. Um, So, bored and irritated with Doss, she... She flees to Alabama? Yeah. She goes home?
1: She flees to Alabama. Sam immediately has a change of heart, gives her what she wants, and when um, he takes out two life insurance policies... Is it policies, a TV set? somebody that what he gives her? Um, I think he a was... spontaneous sex? Uh, maybe a spontaneous mm-hmm. sex. She's allowed to watch her TV. He also takes out two life insurance policies on himself <laughs> with Nanny as the, uh... What's it called? Benefactor. Yeah, that's the one. Um, When he does that, Nanny's like, I'll come home. I'll do anything you want. Uh Uh-huh. So on a September evening, Sam sits down with a plate of Nanny's prune cake. And that night... Uh, oh, that night starts him on a path of wild sickness. He's bedridden for days, and after losing 16 fucking pounds, his doctor sends him to the hospital where he stays for 23 days.
0: Right. Um, and the day after he gets home from the
1: hospital. Wait, I have a question first. Go for it. What is this arsenic diet? How can do we I get lose it? 16 pounds in a matter of days?
0: I think that I know a lot about arsenic poisoning at this point, so yeah, I can watch you. I got it. Put it in my wine? It's in there.
1: Great. (laughs) Will I lose 16 pounds? And your life, yes. Perfect. Um,
0: So he's in the hospital for 23 days, as Amanda said, and the day after he got home from the hospital,
1: He gets one day of rest.
0: Just a hot minute. um, (laughs) Nanny returns to her her old standby, made a pot of coffee, filled that shit with arsenic.
1: of arsenic. So doctors are obviously baffled because he was just in their care (laughs) for 23 fucking days, and now he's dead. So they're like, well, we've never done it before, but maybe an autopsy. Oh my god, an autopsy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Doctors find enough arsenic in his system to kill, as it was in, whatever I read, a team of horses.
0: Oh, I've got 18 men, but that probably works out to the same math.
1: What is a team of men to, or what is a team of (laughs) horses to 18 men? How (laughs) How many horses is 18 men? These are the questions that I have. I bet a team of horses is four. You know what? We're gonna find out. How much is a horseway? More than a man. <laughs> More than most men. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'll be. I'll, I'll, that'll be my research. Perfect. Okay. Um. So we're
1: in
0: 1954. Nanny is brought into a police station
1: and giggling. Yeah, a lot.
0: She's not upset. Um. She's under questioning for having poisoned her fifth husband. Um. And after a lot of flirtatious um banter with the cops, she's like, "Oh, fine, I did it."
1: Yeah, so she confesses, uh, she confesses, the exhumations begin, her husband's, her mother, her sister, Debbie, her nephew, Robert, and her mother-in-law, Artie, Lang, Artie Lanning's mother, mm-hmm. um, Arsene was found in all of their systems, or all of her husband's systems and her mother's, the others all died from asphyxia, likely smothered in their sleep.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting, too. I mentioned this before. She, like, vehemently denies killing anybody but her husbands. Yeah, she
1: won't admit to the grandchildren or her sister or her mother. Yeah,
0: but she's like, ah, oh, I killed those fucker. I did it. Whoops. Um, and she mostly is just, like, um, saying that they were all abusive and, um, and not good husbands. Yeah. Um, one thing I did find funny was that... Um, Nanny apparently openly used to torture Sam Doss, the Baptist minister, um, by, like... Just, like,
1: pulling on a tit?
0: Yeah, just, like, wearing really scandalous clothing
1: That's <laughs> right, I guess. right. And
0: smoking, like, her gentle jack-o'-lantern cigarette mouth again, just all In around him. Mouth. Yeah, probably just blowing
1: him back and forth
0: while he cried, I imagine, um, which I thought was
1: fun. <laughs> poor sad man.
0: Um... But Nanny was totally enjoying her moment in the spotlight. She was, like, hamming it up big time.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of the information that I found was easily corroborated because a lot of it came right from Nanny. Mm-hmm. She was like, let me take you through my tail.
0: Um, and my favorite anecdote of her, like, <laughs> flirting with fame, she was scheduled to appear on a Tulsa TV show. Oh. And the host told her to take her glasses off. And he said... Uh, you might attract another husband. And she said, ain't that the dying truth? And then, like, rolled around on the floor laughing, basically, at her own wit.
1: Always looking for the next husband.
0: Um, So, by December 5th, the press would learn that Nanny also just loved uh, composing the epitaphs for those she had killed. So she, like, yeah, she wrote the... um, like the tombstone rendering on her stepson's grave and her sister's grave and her mom's grave. What did they say? I don't, a loose interpretation. Um, I didn't write it down because it wasn't that funny. I done wish... it, done it, done it. <laughs> um, and I think this
1: one's mine and that one's <laughs>
0: mine. Um, I wish they were more clever, but there it was just like, we'll meet again someday. It was just like, you know. Oh. Being all bullshit. Not
1: cute. No. But
0: she loved it. And um, she talked about it. So they. She was barely literate. It can't be that (laughs) (laughs) funny. Everything was spelled just fine. Um, They also learned after an autopsy that Nanny's mother's body was full of arsenic. Yeah. And again, she'll go to her grave denying this one. So ultimately, Nanny will continue her courtship with the press until she was sentenced to life in prison.
1: Yeah, so since the last murder took place in Oklahoma, Oklahoma had the first rights to charge her. Mm-hmm. All the other states wanted her back. They were like, yeah, 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 let's do it.
0: Hand that giggling granny over.
1: Shove her our way. But So she was declared mentally sane somehow. Yes. Her trial date was set for June 2nd, 1955. But on May 10- 17th, she was like, fuck this shit, I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah. Let's not bother. Um, yeah, after a brief hearing, Judge Elmer Adams... Sentenced her to life in prison. Elmer Adams. Elmer Adams from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sounds right.
0: And in prison, Nanny was in heaven for a bit. She had access to TV.
1: Books, Um, I imagine, that she she stared at pictures
0: of. (laughs) Just licking them. Um, (laughs) She received letters from admirers. Lonely Hearts letters? Uh, They probably ousted her out of that, thank you. Do you Um, think they
1: let her cook in the kitchen?
0: No, they didn't. Actually, she made, like, a joke about it in an interview. Damn um, no pies for her? No one's letting her in that fucking kitchen. She was like, even when no one else wants to do it, they will let me in there. <laughs> very rude. Um, so, ultimately, prison began to grate on her, so she faked a heart attack to get out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> for a little bit. Good. Um, and she would die ten years into her sentence uh, of leukemia on June 2nd, 1965.
1: Alright, so I have got, if you would like to do the honors... And obviously, this is probably fake, right? But it's the recipe for Nanny's poison pie. Should I read it
0: in poet voice? I think you should. Recipe for death.
1: You're going to have to be a little bit louder.
0: Recipe for death. There we go. Nanny's apple and prune pie. Approximate time, 45 minutes. Oven, 350 degree baking temp. (laughs) Ingredients. One cup water, one cup flour, one half cup butter, three eggs, pinch of sugar, four apples sliced, one cup dried prunes, dash of granulated sugar, five tablespoons, rat poison.
1: (laughs) Any brand will do. Just whatever
0: you have in your house, Amanda. Really, (laughs) don't ask questions. I'm busy right now. (laughs) Bring to boil water, butter, sugar... At boil, stir in flour. Over low heat, continue to stir until able to form doughy ball. Into dough makes mix egg mixture well beaten until ball is smooth. This looks like a bad pizza. Um. <laughs> it's a pretty bad pizza as well. <laughs> Grease nine-inch pie tin. Roll out pastry lining bottom and sides of pan with pastry dough, clipping excess for pie top. Add apple slices and prunes in hearty layers. Did you almost say eyeballs? Yeah. <laughs> It is best to soak prunes overnight in rat poison. Generic hardware store variety will do quite well. After spreading pears and prunes into shell, pour the lethal juice of marinated prunes over apple and prune contents. Juice adds extra flavor and conceals the taste of rat poison. If sting of arsenic, arsenic tartness remains, add extra tablespoon of sugar for good measure. Cover pie with leftover dough and preheated oven for 45 minutes, checking occasionally. Top with granulated sugar while top crust is fresh from oven. Guaranteed to be
1: a real man pleaser. There we have it.
0: The fact that this was riddled with typos lets me know that this is a...
1: Well written. A prize. Or it is on Murderpedia. (laughs) It's true.
0: Uh, Well, that's a prize. I also have a treat
1: for you. Thank you. Okay, so look, we've been talking
0: an awful lot about arsenic poisoning.
1: I have read the word arsenic over... And over for two weeks straight now.
0: And you're going to be doing it for two more weeks, I imagine. Everyone's
1: that. an arsenic poisoner? Yes. Ladies, so, can we get creative?
0: Well, what I would like to say is perhaps Zachary gets tired of you.
1: Put me on that arsenic diet.
0: He might do it.
1: Um, he is making us dinner right now. I'm not. I'm busy. You're not busy and you're hungry. You're coming <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> um, so what I would like to share with you are some... Facts about arsenic poisoning. How to know if you got it?
1: Lay it on me. Do I lose okay. 16 pounds? <laughs> no.
0: So 30 minutes after ingestion, you're gonna feel or you're gonna experience a metallic taste in your mouth. Okay. You're gonna. Your breath is gonna taste like garlic. Just like. <laughs> okay. A lot. Um, excess saliva. All
1: right.
0: Uh, problem swallowing.
1: Okay.
0: You're gonna be peeing blood.
1: Oh, that's every day, right? <laughs> Do we need to talk about your... Don't worry about it.
0: Um, Your muscles are going to start cramping. You're going to lose your hair. You're going to have stomach cramps. Wait, you
1: lose your hair just immediately within 30 minutes or... That's
0: what I got from the interwebs. Like 30 minutes after ingestion. This is what you're going to start seeing.
1: I'm bald and pissing blood within 30 minutes.
0: That's aggressive. That's (laughs) so... That is not Instagrammable. Why wouldn't you go to the doctor? Um, Convulsions, excessive sweating, and Diarrhea. Great. So if you're, like, fucking hitting this trifecta out of the park, your significant other is poisoning you, go to the hospital.
1: See a doctor. hmm Don't call me. Call Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me. I'm busy. Doctor Fall. Right. There we have it. Hello, Lady Killers, part two. Well, the song wasn't necessary. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're, we really like this. This was exciting. It was fun.
0: And, uh... We've got a couple more of them coming for you in the next coming weeks.
1: So you better fucking enjoy it. As that much as we do. That was aggressive. Um, I hope you enjoy there it. There you go. Is Calm down. Calm
0: trick? down. Dial oh. <laughs> it back. I can't. Uh, all right, Amanda, well, shall we bookmark this puppy for
1: the week? Let's bookmark it. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about? No.
0: Follow us on Instagram or Amanda will send you rat poison. She'll
1: cry. <laughs> Into the rat poison cake. <laughs> Put it on your doorstep. Um, now we've got the recipe for it. So there watch you go. the fuck out. <laughs> What's our Instagram?
0: Murder She Red Pod. That's the one. Hello, hello. All
1: right guys, well this has been fun. Sure has. Join us next week. We'll do it all over. All right, bye. Bye. bye.